It's a great opportunity to uh, hear about uh, what Christmas is all about. And as we think about Christmas, uh, we spend a lot of time trying to make uh, Christmas merry, but hopefully you spend some time and effort trying to make Christmas meaningful. And as you think about Christmas, one of the greatest questions to ask yourself is, uh, is what are you looking for this Christmas? I was uh, reading about this one particular family, and they were, they were doing a lot of different things. And one of the traditions they had for each Christmas is on Christmas Day, amidst all the other things they did, they would bake a cake and put some candles on it, and as they came to a particular point in the day, they would sing happy birthday to Jesus. And as they were doing that, uh, they finished off their particular Christmas uh, experience, and in, in, in the evening, some neighbors came over, and they asked one of the little boys in the family, he was about five years of age, and they asked him the question, Timmy, uh, did you get everything you wanted at Christmas? Uh, to which he replied, no, but that's okay, it really wasn't my birthday anyway. <laughs> You know, as we think about Christmas, you know, what is it we really want at Christmas? And do we really want God to speak to us? That, that's really what the theme of the whole Christmas uh, musical was uh, this morning. And, and as you think about Christmas, it's all about a person. It's all about that person named Jesus. And who is this Jesus, the Christ? He came, he lives, he died, he rose again. He saves, he heals, he hears, and he speaks. But as we think about God speaking, we, we have to somehow get through all the, the Christmas noise. And we want to hear his voice more than the bells that ring, more than the carols we sing, more than any other thing. We want God to speak to us. And, and really, as you listen to uh, the music this, this morning, it really all was summarized in one of the particular selections about God speaking and speaking very specifically. If God were to speak to you, what would you want him to say? Would you want him to be able to communicate to you what he could give to you? Give me peace. And as you think about him speaking to you, would you really want him to speak to you and tell you the truth? And then thirdly, would you want it to be such a, a personal communication that he could call you by name? Uh, th this is not going to be a long message, but I, I just want to share with you a few things around that whole idea and reality of, of God communicating, speaking to you. God does want to give you and me peace. There's a verse in the Bible, and I think it's on your outline if you have a bulletin, or it might be up on the screen a little bit today, but in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What's interesting about that particular verse, that particular phrase in God's word, is it's repeated. In fact, I could just say it 12 more times. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you're in a classroom setting and a teacher says something once, it might be important. If you say it twice, you better make sure you got it written down. If he say it, says it three or four times, you've got to make sure you realize that's going to be on the test. And God repeated in the New Testament at least 13 times, grace to you and peace. Peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What's interesting in terms of all those references, it, it says it almost verbatim. And as you think about what we want, we want peace. But before it comes peace, there must be God's, God's grace. In one of the two letters, it, it adds another word. It says grace, mercy be to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. You know, what is, it, what is it that keeps us from experiencing peace? So often, it's 
It's our ex- expectations in life. We have certain things that we, we feel that we need to have and for us to have life in its fullness. And if we don't have it, then we'll never experience peace or happiness or joy or hope. But you know what the Bible says to us is that, is that all of us here have much more than we ever deserve. We have expectations here, and those expectations are based on certain reasons or, or maybe comparisons. And, and God says, I want you to understand that I have given you so much. And no matter how much you have, I can give you more. And that's why Jesus came. He, he came at Christmas so that we could get what we don't deserve, which is his love, which is his peace. And mercy is the other side of it, is, is that we need to realize that, that God in this great love for us doesn't want to give us what we do deserve, which is his judgment. And that's why Jesus, who went from the cradle then to the cross, took on the penalty for our sins. And, and we'll never understand Christmas unless we understand a little bit about Easter. That Jesus came and he died. He died in our behalf, graciously and with all of his mercy, so that he could give us peace. You know, what is peace? Uh, in, in your outlines this morning, I, I put down this familiar passage to some of you, John 14, 27, which says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Uh, so often people define peace in this world, it's the absence of conflict or hostility. And we can see that on a personal level or in a family or in a nation-to-nation evaluation. Are people at, at odds? Are they enemies with each other? And, and if we're looking to this world to somehow bring us the absence of conflict or hostility, it's not going to happen. In the 20th century alone, 230 million people died because of war. More than any other year, not only any other year or decade, but any other recorded part of history, add up all those years and do not add up to the 230 million that died in the 20th century. Even though we had the League of Nations and later, later the United Nations, all dedicated for the purpose of bringing peace, man cannot bring man peace. But that's why Christmas came. It says, glory to God in the highest peace on earth and good will toward men and whom he is well pleased. So when, when we cry out, God, speak to me, give me peace, we're asking God to give us what only he can give. He can only give that which will not trouble our heart. It will not cause us to be fearful. Sometimes we understand a, a, a word by what it is not as much as what it is. What is not having peace? Your life filled with fear and being troubled. And that, that word trouble actually in, in the language of the New Testament means to be confused. Not, not really knowing what's going on, can't quite figure it out, can't make sense of it. And isn't that what much of life is? We can't explain why things happen. But God says, even in the midst of things you cannot explain, which would bring natural troubleness to your heart and even fear, I will give you peace, not in the midst of no conflict or no hostility, but right in the middle of it. Peace I, I, I give you, not as the world gives. 
So, so on this Christmas, if you're looking for God to speak to you, God has spoken. He said, I want to give you peace, my peace. That experience in the deepest part of who you are, that you are no longer in conflict with God. But he settled that on the cross. And you can experience life to its fullness. Life with calmness and quietness, and even in the midst of storms. Because Jesus gives peace. But as we ask God to speak, we not only want him to give us peace, we want him to tell us the truth. And really, if, if this is not the truth, what the choir's saying and what the scripture teaches and what preachers preach, then we don't want to hear it. Remember that uh, classic film, A Few Good Men, and you have that courtroom scene and and it's cried out, what do you want? I want the truth. And the response like, you can't handle the truth. Can I submit to you that if we don't have truth, we can't handle anything? Because if this is just wishful thinking, then we're wasting our time here. But if this is true, we want to run to it. We want to run to it. Now, the Bible says a number of different things about truth. Jesus, in some of his more familiar statements, said this, uh, Jesus was saying to those Jews, those whom he had come to, to rescue, who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you or set you what? Free. Don't you want to be set free this Christmas? Free from all, all the noise of Christmas, all the, the hecticness of Christmas, all the business of life, all the expectations that are not met, not only this Christmas, but after Christmas comes the next month and the next month and whatever the future beholds, is that you can be set free from the rat race of life because God gives us purpose in knowing him. You can be set free because Jesus came to set you free. I like that other passage. It really speaks of, of truth being more than simply a concept that is based on fact or reality, but it's, it's based on a person. When, when Jesus went before Pilate, Pilate responded back, what is truth? And, and Jesus answered him in a certain way then. But earlier Jesus said, I want to tell you about truth. I am the truth. And I am the way. And I am the life. And, and no one comes to the Father but through me. See, truth is found in a person. And if you want the true meaning of Christmas, you need to, you need to know the person who is true. Jesus is truth. He is truly here to give us peace. And give us that which is real, that which is true. But even in the musical this morning, it, it, sometimes the question, how, how, can, how can God know me? I mean, there's billions of people on this planet. There have been billions of people who have already lived on this planet. How can, how can me so small connect with someone so big? Well, Jesus, and this is what Christmas is all about, is Jesus became a man so that we could know that he could know us. That, that God who is so far is also so near. And he can call each one of us by our name. This uh, past week I said, well, you know, what, are the, what are the favorite names now of, of new parents? And here's the, here's the top five on each uh, gender if you haven't looked it up. Um, First five uh, names that are most popular now in America, Sophia, Emma, Olivia, 
Ava, and Isabella. For guys, it's Jackson, Aiden, Liam, Lucas, and Noah. And since there's no mic, I could care less about that. <laughs> I, I just want to let you know, Mike has been the historical favorite name of all this. But, you know, you know it is, it's kind of popular now to, to, to give a name that no one else has for your child. You, you want it to be unique. You want it to be special. But whether you have a, a kind of a unique special name or a common name like mine, how, how can God somehow discern everyone who's on this planet and know us personally? And that, that question that comes to our mind, Jesus answered. We have this in the record in the Gospel of John. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by what? By name. And he leads them out. I am the good shepherd and I know my name and my own know mine, know me. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. See, the message of Christmas is that God, God is speaking. And he's speaking to each of us. And he wants us to know that that he has a gift for us this Christmas. And that gift for this Christmas is to give us peace. And if you've never known him, he wants you to open up your life and your heart and say, God, I, I want to know you. Jesus, come into my life, and I want to come into your life and follow you. And you experience that peace for the very first time. And if you already know him, and really, if you're honest today, you're, you're not really marked by that peace that passes understanding that peace that is not as the world gives. God is simply saying to you, you need to, again, experience my grace and mercy in a fresh way. Realize I am the one who gives you much more than you deserve. And I rescue you from that which you do deserve because I love you. God wants to give us all peace this Christmas. And I want you to understand that this is not wishful thinking. God tells us the truth. This is not just a fairy tale. This is not a myth. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a myth. It's rooted in reality. And that even in a crowd this size, God knows every one of us by name and all that we're going through. But you need to look to him for these gifts. I was just reading a true story, and I close with this. I, I was reading a story that actually, after I read it, I said, this, this doesn't sound like it really happened. And then, then it had the byline, a true story. There was a, a couple that were in retirement age or facing retirement age, and they were kind of fearful of, this was a few years back, of the whole nuclear war possibilities. And so they, they began to do some research, and they said, I, I wonder where the safest place is in this world to somehow be preserved if nuclear fallout happens. And so they did their research, and they, just, and they actually moved to a place where they had discovered, and it was the Falkland Islands. And they actually, they were church-going people. They actually, uh, actually sent a note to their pastor and said, we found the ideal place to experience peace in our retirement years. Well, I don't know if you know, but the Falkland Islands, particularly when this happened, uh, it wasn't very long until Great Britain and Argentina broke out in war. <laughs> and, and this place where they thought it was the safest place in the world ended up being the most dangerous place. You know what the most dangerous place in this world to be? Apart from the message and the person of Jesus Christ. Because if you have him, you have peace. You have the truth. And you have someone who knows your name. Let's pray together.
Father, as we pray to you, you invite us to talk. Talk with the one who created everything, who holds this universe together. And as we think of the power that manifested in bringing all things into existence, that even in the midst of that, the one who is the creator and the God of this universe loves us so much that he broke into history with his son, Jesus Christ, that we could know him. And Father, there might be someone here this morning that, that really have not, have not experienced the Christ of Christmas. And, and I'd simply invite that person this morning to say to you in, in, in honesty and in faith, I, I want to trust in you. I want you to come into my life and make me a new person on the inside. I believe you, you are the truth and you are the way that I can know and be with God forever. I give you my life. I want to follow you. And when someone prays that prayer and really means it in the heart, then you'll answer that prayer and they'll become a new person in Christ. And, and for us who have maybe heard that story and even made that commitment, and, and somehow right now we're, we're kind of far from you, might we, might we simply just come back and say, God, I, I want... I want to not go the way that will not bring me to you. I don't want to go the way in which people aren't telling me the truth. I don't want to go in a way where people really don't know me. I want to go the way of the, that you have sent out for me to follow you faithfully and fully. I give you my life. I follow you with all of my heart. Thank you for this Christmas that allows us to just to take a break into our year to remember why you came. Thank you so much for giving us peace, telling us the truth, and calling us by name. And we praise in Jesus' name. Amen.